medication and a seizure provided by your local TV station. Patience is not a virtue. I ain't waiting. Turn the shit over like Bush did a boatload of hate. <laughs> Just like it says on the can, good to the last drop. Good morning, baby. How you do this morning? 
got crazy by my loving well I've just got to have my loving I'll kill the police bus knock down the shack it's all about my loving my loving well I've just got to have my loving good morning
took my babe and gone. Train, train, rolling down the line. Train, train, rolling down the line. Well, it took my baby. Black Black Plastic Mutiny Radio. FM going up to Canada.
Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Welcome to LWAFLMYOT. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. I think you skipped an initial. What is the name of our show? L, that's let's, or let us. And let us is very important because uh, it, it adds to your sandwich. It is not important. It's not so, it adds Christmas. Anyway, so it adds Christmas and Christmas to your sandwich. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I want to be the first this year to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, at the bottom of my lunchbox. <laughs> anyway, weren't we starting a podcast about a movie thing or something? Hi, Carl. We are right now streaming first on MutinyRadio.fm, as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Big shout-out to Mutiny Radio, which you can contribute to them by donating money. Go to MutinyRadio.fm, check out their lineup, check out how their live streaming radio works. Radio? And then get yourself... To donate, hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate it at Mutiny Radio. They have a great lineup, great lineup today. Make Sunday a day while listening to Mutiny Radio. Or you can subscribe to our podcast by the correct acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let us watch a uh, flum uh, Crispy on YouTube. And also we're on, uh, we have a YouTube channel as well. This is all video. As well, so you can just subscribe to the YouTube podcast at L W A F L M O Y T. We're going to watch a full-length movie we found on YouTube. Stuff that I read about, and I can't find 
And uh, Carl's actually mastermind behind the show. You heard his theme song up front. He has a celebrity comedian uh, interview coming up. And he also found the movie, uh, researched this movie, watched it several times. And he, I've never seen it. He's going to go ahead and we're going to all watch this movie together. Carl, what is the movie this week? Uh, today, we will watch White Coats 2004. That is what you put in the YouTube search engine, White Coats 2004. Now, Mike, unfortunately, the channel we like, Film Rise, there uh -huh. will be an ad. There will be one single ad, and it's not at the beginning. It's really inconvenient for our audience. So when the ad comes, let's not hit the skip button. Let's or am I okay, wrong you... about that? People might get different ads. So So that's the thing. So one thing right now, and I just did it myself for Film Rise, is there's going to be an ad up front. We're going to have a celebrity comedian come on next that Carlos is going to interview. Wait, really Mike, interesting I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Lots of times the ad comes up very first thing, but in this, it, every time I watched it, it came up a little bit into it. So it's okay. kind of sucky for the audience. So what we're going to do when the ad plays, we're all going to do a countdown to hit the skip button together. Okay, so fair enough. We're giving you a double ad warning. Carl just mentioned during the duration of this film, Film Rise is going to pop up an ad. We are going to, uh, when we get it, we're just going to skip ad together. And hopefully we'll all sync up. This is the best we can do. Uh, sometimes they put ads in the middle. I want to mention also that there's an ad up front, two of them. So okay. during the interview, uh, go ahead, listen. But, you know, on your YouTube, play the two ads and then hit pause and then move it to zero zero so we want you to find white coats 2004 this is on the film rise movie ch uh channel, channel yeah. which by the way they have their own app you can stream it as well film rise oh. movies yeah, and uh, play, film. play the double ads and then finally hit pause move it to zero zero while we all do that i'm really interested i haven't heard it yet carl take it away ladies and gentlemen welcome back to Com celebrity comedian countdown this time with Anthony Crescenza! Welcome, hey. Anthony! How's everything going, Carl? Everything's going great, and I'm very glad that you're on. And really, it's extremely overdue. You're one of my first friends in comedy. I think we got to know each other like 2017, right? Yeah. I, I met you before you even started at the club. Yeah, I, I went to the open mics, and you were hosting them rather than Gene at the time, and I got to know you. You booked me on some stuff. Um, that went away. We'll talk about that. But what I want to do— I don't think do, that had anything to do with you. Just the stuff went away. Well, well there was of. Islands of Spirits right up here by my house, and there was— well, I don't know. We could talk about it. But oh, yeah, yeah. Islands of Spirits. We stopped doing We stopped doing shows over there. I they might want to start doing it again at some point in the near future. I'll let you know if that happens. That sounds great. No, but there, you booked me at a lot of places. I just brought up one of them. Okay. Okay, now, I want to get down and dirty. I want to do some rumor and shit talking right now. You just listen to this podcast. Now, tell the honest truth. Come on, let it out. Why did you give up on Scotty's? Come on, let's hear the dirt. Oh, okay. No problem at all. Your audio went bleep for a second, so I just looked very confused because of that. That's fine. Um, yeah, I have no problems talking about this. I've talked about it before. All right, so the real reason I left Scotty's 
was I felt undervalued. That's really all it was, as far as I understood, at least. That was the okay. thing. Um, I had an opportunity to make my own club. I'd, I'd been there for, what, like eight years? Right. And I had already managed uh, broad. I, I was I had already managed Broadway Comedy Club a little bit, uh, New York Comedy Club, uh, with the old owners, not Empire. And uh, and then we opened up the pulpit in the Bronx. I came back to Scotty's, and they just uh, they were undervaluing me as far as I was concerned. And so when this opportunity showed up, I was like, Yeah, why wouldn't I want to run my own club? Like, be the owner of the. And I'm like, Yeah, done. And then I, I informed Gene before it happened. I wasn't going to be secretive or a jerk. I knew he'd find out. Ironically, second week I had that place open, he booked me for a spot. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I wound up working uh, over at Scotty's when I owned Devil's Den. It wasn't like, I was just like, absolutely not. I will never come. It's just like, you know, I, I felt that I was, uh, I was shortchanging myself. You you turned him down that for that booking. You're saying you didn't come back to Scotty's. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Okay, you I did. did. I had uh, I had one I had one MC spot out of a weekend, and I just went, yeah, this is definitely you know what I'm going to do this, but this isn't working for me. Okay, yeah, and but, but under as far as I mean, they're still they're still running, and uh, my place in Newark currently isn't so. <laughs> I mean, we're looking for a new spot, but, you know, it still worked out in my favor. Yeah, well, that's the ups and downs of being a producer, and I was going to get to that with you. But the thing is, back in the day, pre-pandemic, we had you, Hollywood, Demetrio, myself, and wasn't there a fifth? Or was it just um, okay, the four? So, so it was, um, all right, when I came in originally, right. it was... Uh, Jason, Doug, Rob and Apple. Rob. Right, right. And then, and then when uh, I only came in because Doug wanted to go. And then it wound up being uh, Kevin, Kevin Hall came in. And then Hollywood came in. And then I think Kevin left and you came in his place. No, it was and, I replaced uh, Rob Apple. Oh, okay. Because there was a scandal with Rob, like he's playing a club down the street or something, and Gene was yeah. kicking him out, and 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 Hollywood recommended me, and Hollywood doesn't even remember that he recommended me, and that was oh, my yeah, I don't think he recommended you because he asked me about it. Uh huh. He's like, "How do you feel about Carl?" I was like, "He's in his first year. This is the perfect thing." And he's like, "He goes really because he's in his first year. That's what you say." I go. Honestly, no one should manage the club for more than a year. I'm like, I've been here too long. And he's like, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. you should stay. And I was like, no, no, no. And it's no offense to them. I just, I, this is my personal opinion on uh, management, and everybody tells me I'm wrong, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like your your first year do a guest spot, your second year either manage your MC, and then your third do the opposite. And then your fourth year, you should be moved up to that feature. And then mm -hmm. if you're not ready to headline that club in like five years, it's not going to add the business. It's just that ain't, that ain't the club for you. You should, you right. should have at least yeah. within five years, you should be at least one, uh, one time a year doing minimum 45 minutes. 
Now, I wanted to move on to you becoming a comedy producer. Uh, yeah. That is really a forte of yours, you know? And, and uh, you get the opportunities. You have no problem knocking on doors, making phone calls, going to places, and making a deal, and producing comedy shows. So, like, not how did you fall into that, because I think you're just a can-do, get-it-done guy. But why did you decide to be a comedy producer? Uh, okay, so two things. A lot of people think that I'm producing a lot more than I am. I work for a lot of people. Uh, actually... By far, at this point, most of my gigs are not under Devil's Den Comedy Club, and they're not under Anthony Crescenzo. They're just picking up gigs. Uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm putting in. That's really what it is. I'm always putting in for something. Uh, but what got me into doing production was uh, I, I, a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to get myself into places that I couldn't necessarily get uh, right. just by asking. So I'd you know, I would find a place and nobody else was doing, like, like a, a place that was just doing uh, karaoke or bing, uh, bingo or trivia or whatever it was. Right. Uh, right. Sometimes I'll do churches. It doesn't really matter to me because my whole idea is I want to get in. And if I can get my friends in with me, then I get to have a good time on the way there, on the way back, you know, while I'm working. It's a fun, it's a fun opportunity. And mm -hmm. making a few bucks always helps. Uh, but that's, <laughs> and also you you want to you want to be uh, you want to be the face of your own product. So a lot of it was just like my face on the posters, but not all the posters. A lot of them, it would just say comedy, it wouldn't say, or it would say Devil's End Comedy Club, it, or pulpit. It wouldn't say Anthony Crescenzo. It wouldn't have my face. Well, there on was it. a time. Violent Spirits didn't have my face. It had right. my name. I was even the one that put together the poster. Yeah. Sometimes you are the brand, but that is not consistent. And I think you're more interested in the show, um, you know, getting people to come out to the show. Okay, so yeah. tell me, Anthony Crescenza, how can people find you out there on social media, on a website, or the production company Devil's Den? How do people see what you're up to out there on the internet? Yeah, the easiest way is online. Sorry, one more time. I will edit this. Go ahead and tell me how can people find you out there on the internet? Okay. Uh, the easiest ways are for Devil's Den Comedy Club. Go to devilsdencomedyclub.com or go to the Facebook for Devil's Den or the Instagram for Devil's Den. Um, those are the best ways to find out about Devil's Den Productions. Now, when it comes to Anthony Crescenzo, it's anthonycrescenzo.com, but you'd also be able to find out through uh, Instagram, TikTok um facebook and then the event rights are always going and if you go to anthony uh anthony crescenzo comedian or ap crescenzo i think is what it is we uh -huh. just released the uh the special uh <laughs> ping pong just came out on youtube today uh ping -pong. yeah that was at the devil's end comedy club in newark it's actually it's it's already streaming and it's doing pretty well. I went to go look at the analytics about an hour ago. Okay. Now, Ping Pong is on your YouTube channel. And what Pinball. is the... Pinball. Not Ping Pong. Pin... No, and I actually say Ping oh. Pong by accident during the special. Oh, all right. Okay, so it's Pinball. And Pinball. what is your YouTube <laughs> channel? <laughs> what is your YouTube channel? Uh, I believe it's AP 
crescenzo. I'll make a hundred percent sure. Is that your middle initial P? Yeah. Crescenzo. Uh, okay. I'll tell you right now exactly what it is. Good. Because people gotta know. I know. I'm also gonna send you a link to the special. And the trailer for it. You just ping pong that right over to me. Yeah. Exactly what it is. This way I'm not screwing it up. It is. It's AP Crescenzo. AP Crescenzo. Okay, that's the YouTube. Okay, great. Now, Anthony Crescenzo. Everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for, Anthony Crescenzo. So why don't you go ahead and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? This is Anthony Crescenzo. Put your watching movie hat on right now. We're watching this movie in three, two, one. Press. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. It's 2006. I said this movie was 2004. Right, 2004. TVA Films. Oh, it says 2006. It's probably because the DVD was released in the United States. Okay. This and is a I foreign guess- film? This is a Canadian film. Now, you know we see lots of movies in which they filmed in Canada because it was cheaper. Not this film. This film is Canadian. (laughs) Funded by the Canadian government. Every actor in here is going to be Canadian. Well, that's good. I mean, there's a lot of very funny comedians. So Jim Carrey's going to be on this? Can't wait. (laughs) Well, actually, Jim Carrey's not going to be on it, but... Um, a, a guy who we watch in many films that people occur, accuse of being um, like Jim Carrey is going to be on it. It's David Dave Frewer, who who we know as Max Headroom. Lots Matt of people, Frewer. yeah. Well, oh, Matt Matt Frewer. Yeah. Lots of people say that he's very much like Jim Carrey. I don't know. I think they're right, but. Well, he didn't copy Jim Carrey. He was just always like that as a comedic actor. One of the reasons why this movie pulled me is two reasons. Right now, Dave Thomas is on screen. He right. uh, is, of course, one of the McKenzie brothers, SCTV, Grace Under Fire, and he directed this movie, one of his rare movie directs. Yep. And also, Matt Fewer, who you love because we've seen him in, like, Speed Zone. Yes. Uh, and another film. National Lampoon's. Senior Trip. Senior trip, and another woman in here is in senior trip, right? And, oh, and wasn't he the farmer? There was um another National Lampoon movie, like Going the Distance, I think it was called. That's right. That and was he Canadian was the too. Farmer in it, yeah. Yeah. All right. So with Dan Aykroyd, Canadian. That's one of them, right? Yes, absolutely. No, everyone you're seeing right now on this screen, they're all Canadian. She is yeah, Canadian. He is Canadian. Weird. So I'm glad I have he's, subtitles up so I can understand this. He's a Canuck and she's a chick. Dave Foley? Canadian. Yes. Is Dave Foley good in this movie or is he embarrassing? We saw him in Postal. That's the only reason why I'm asking. He's good in this film. He's good in this film. Okay, turn it up for a minute because it you get a funny joke. She, because he gets the diagnosis and walks away. Here it is. 
profound tenderness. Periembolite is leading off the right side and possible inflamed appendix. Very good, Miss uh, Powers. Moving on. Oh, yes. Isn't anybody going to pressure test my whatever? All right, <laughs> burn victim. Second degree. That was the joke. I need a Carl, I hate uh, someone said something insulting to the guy. I'm kidding. It was a burn victim. He didn't have a response. Uh, I'm not following you, Mike, but I want you to know this movie is very bad, and it's very unfunny. And every now and again, I'll tell you to turn up the sound because a funny thing's coming. It's going to give the audience impression this is a good movie. It is not. There's so Queen. many unfunny bits. I think Ian Thomas, who did the music, is Dave Thomas's brother, because I know that his brother was involved. I don't remember if it was Ian, but he was a musician, is a musician. Way to get work, right? Well, no, you just, you know, you got to rely on somebody. Listen, I got to get the music down while I direct this film. I'll get my brother in. Done. Well, I appreciate that. Many of the theme songs that you hear on this show, my son helped me uh, record and played instruments and sang on. So, right. yeah, I get it. It's less nepotism and more you're in the room. <laughs> I need the stud. So we just met our love interest, okay? And you see, this film is poor, and one of the reasons it's poor is it has so many different tones. Like, when you first start watching it, you think it ought to be a National Lampoon with all of its, like, uh, which, outrageous... Which... How many medical uh, uh, work comedies have we seen, especially under the National Lampoon band? I mean, the first one I think is Robo Doc. Was that a National Lampoon? Because that's yes. a good example. And that was Canadian. That had Alan, Alan Thicke in it. Uh huh. Yeah, it did. Right. That was the movie we watched that had Michael Winslow, and he did not do one sound effect. Oh, there's my Barbie. Boing. Now, when I first started watching this thing without any research, I saw Dave Thomas at the beginning, and I thought of that movie, RoboCop. I was like, oh, here's his cameo, and then he's walking away. Dan Aykroyd's in this film. Let's see how low these guys' careers have sunk. But no, not at all. Dave Thomas made this movie. He's proud of this movie. He toured Canada promoting this movie. Wow. Unfortunately, it was a box office failure. It seems like a good product. I mean, it no, has comedy. No. No? no, Mike. It is not I know good. This. I know this for a fact, Carl. I love Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, not only uh, he wrote a book, like a big coffee table book, and I had to leave it when I moved to San Francisco. I left it on the sidewalk. SCTV. And it just broke down. It was an oral. He just talked about the background and the history of the show and, and mm -hmm. how they all met and beforehand. Like they were making fun of NBC executives. You know how they would parody and, and dress up and satirize yeah. current. One guy, Dave Thomas, did was this red-haired lumberjack was a parody of the NBC executive that was meddling in their show. During oh. <laughs> so I mean, it was funny stuff. So I really like this guy. And uh, sometimes when they direct, like Eugene Levy directed a film with Belzer, and it was really bad, and you don't hear about it much. But it's so when they hear they directed the movie, I want to see it. He co-directed with Rick Moranis, Strange Brew, the greatest film yes. ever. Yeah. It is a great film. No, Dave Thomas is a very talented individual. He is hilarious. He makes you laugh. This movie is a misfire. And the only Where's guy the who Barbie doesn't know doll? is Dave can Thomas. I, can I get my Barbie doll back at least? <laughs> That's a good example. Like, 
you see the Barbie doll up his ass and like, oh, I know this comedy. But then it's going to go on to do serious medical drama. It's going to go on to do love interest story. It's going to do disgusting like poop things and human organ things, really gross things. The tone of this film is all over the place. Which is crazy because it's really drab and pedestrian. It's just corridors. I mean, granted, it's a medical hospital where they make fun of, well, you know, not fun, but they're, they're all props, these guys. Well, this we're not the listening Barbie to ass. any of it. I mean, you're seeing the visual of corridors, but I mean, there's lots of jokes going on. But it's, yeah, but it's not, there's no pop to it. I mean, I, I watched a couple minutes of this, I grant you. Oh, here we go. Dan Eckford's always the same guy. He's always that guy. But he stopped. You know, he only shows up in cameos. Like the fact that he has a credit in this means that he has an extended role is great. Yes, you saw is. him in 99. Look at his plugs. Got something to plug his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? No, I already plugged it. Yep, plugged away. No, but I'm saying Dan Aykroyd always has the same canter, same tone. He, he, sure, he's doing a different character, but he's reading it in the exact same way every single time. I mean, he sounds like Do you like find Richard that funny? Nixon. Do you, do you yeah. find him? Do you, yeah. So, Dr. Detroit, you thought that was funny? No. No. Uh, <clears throat> nothing but trouble? No. Uh, Spies Like Us? No. Uh... Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. I mean, Trading he, Places. He was very funny in that. Neighbors, he he had a. They switched the roles. He was the evil one, and Belushi was the milk toast. <laughs> I loved him in Neighbors. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, man. Okay, turn I'm up the my... sound. Oh, you're joke. Hear... All right, this. You're... you're going to hear the speaker go. Mike Hunt to OBGYN. Mike Hunt. To... Can't hear it over the music. Yeah, I know. So the thing is, when I heard that Mike Hunt to OBGYN, I started thinking maybe every time I hear that lady, it's something funny, but it's inaudible. You can hardly oh. hear it. Is that radar from MASH? So what just happened is she gave him a BJ. Okay, that's what just happened. And that sets us up for our next bit. Uh-oh. Did she swallow? No offense. She certainly did. I can't believe I missed it. Ew, wash your hands. Gargle and mouthwash. So, um, this guy is sort of like our star. His name is Pat Kelly, and he's playing a guy named Dale Dodd. He's totally Canadian, all about Canadian. And she he's a big com comedic partner with another person in this uh, film. He didn't have that great a career, but um, but he did have a nice career. The, the teacher? No, the star. The star. Now, this is um, Dr. Toussaint. Okay, and he goes by Tony, and we've seen him before in Meatballs 3. Oh, cool. 
Was he an angel or a terrestrial human? He was a um, motorcycle gang. Right. He was the motorcycle gang guy, and it was pretty funny. Uh, and he's funny in this one, too. Now, when I started reading his credits, um, it was uh, he was in War Games, and I realized he was the guy who was like, Mr. Potato Head, you know? Yeah, right. So I, I immediately text Eddie Deason, like, is there any funny, you know, anecdotal stories about him? So he goes, his name is Maury Shaken, uh, and he passed away. He's totally Canadian. He says, Maury was a great guy to work with in war games. A bit, the bit in our scenes where Maury says, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, Maury wrote that himself. He showed it to me the morning of the shoot, and I loved it immediately. And to this day, I have people call me Mr. Potato Head. He actually, another person, Marty Bratt, actually deleted our scene, but then Marty got fired because the studio didn't like his dailies. But when John, Bad John Badham took over, our scene was one of the only scenes he insisted be kept in the film because of Mr. Potato Head. I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. All right, that's yeah. Eddie Deason. Oh, that's cool, Carl. Yeah, I didn't realize probably, that. Yeah. He will probably do another podcast. I've texted with him, and he's like, talk to my agent, but he'll do it. So. Nice. All right. All right, then look, good old microscope. Are they going to cut to the well, way he's turn it up. Least... Turn it up. Oh. in your mouth oh, it's what a mystery oh that's the callback it's funny right with this thing like i watched this movie a couple minutes because i was like i love dave thomas i didn't know he made another movie mm -hmm. uh, he was he directed this film it just seems pedestrian like there's no like they just did the grossest thing ever and it doesn't rise like the music weighs it down this the set weighs it down it's just oh, not a good film and it's very unfunny many times now you consider dave foley artist he's bumping into david foley and she's like that's dr whiteside the heart surgeon just like i want to be like you know, how do I look? And he's introducing himself to her, and he's just being a pompous ass. Yeah, let's hear. This sounds like my doctor. You know my doctor, Carl? Dr. Vinny Booba? <laughs> yeah. Where... where... Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> My mom. You would always do a, you, you would always do a joke like that, like you know. Doctor. Uh, and then he he had a special where Andy Kaufman played his doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, look at all that food, Carl. Yeah, lots of it. Do you like cafeteria food at the hospital? Um. Only when there's no other food and you're like, I'm starving and dad's not dead yet. 
that's the greatest part about eating at the hospital is that your mind's on something else. It really doesn't matter what you're eating. You know, you'll be like, well, I can eat my worries away. I'll take two, please. <laughs> or I, I need something just to pick on while I stare out in space. The only people who actually eat the meals are probably the, those guys, the doctors and stuff. There's no patients in there anyway. I have no patience for this movie. <laughs> the only patients you'll see are... No, you'll see many patients. What am I talking about? Now, turn it up. This is a very unfunny thing. Okay, it keeps going on. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. That was the last line. He had the last laugh. Now, this is actually funny. She's like, are you sexually active? And she goes, no. She goes, no. I'm, I'm, I just lay there. And then he's like, you're pregnant. Do you know who the father is? And she goes, no, who? Oh, that's there's good. funny stuff in this, but there's also lots of unfunny things. So much so that it's not a good movie. I was half expecting like a musical. This music is like predominant. Like I still have the hook from the last comedy bit. Well, that bass was like, oh, gross. This is why you should eat afterwards. Now, in this scene, like they're telling him, you got to watch the EKG. And he's like, don't tell me, intern. And then the guy dies, you know. Gotcha. This was shot before COVID, I take it. Because no one's wearing masks. Well, Mike, I wanted to bring that up. Nobody wears a surgical mask during surgery. It's crazy. Now, is this Canadian healthcare at its finest, Carl? You want to get on your soapbox about Canadian healthcare? I oh, birds my gullet. What is what's they have universal healthcare? That's good. Yeah, they need except no surgery, uh, no mass during surgery. Uh oh, late for surgery. Right, he's supposed to be assisting as an intern, and he's not. It's very hard for me to watch because that's my father on the operating table. On the table. How to sue. How to sue Dave Thomas. Now, a lot of people may not recognize Dave Thomas, the actor, and when they hear Dave Thomas, they what think they... Wendy's hamburger. Oh, okay. Because he was, what, the owner, at least spokesperson for, for decades, television spokesperson? He was the owner, and his daughter was not a spokesperson, but the the um, logo. Right. He had a lot of charity events. I actually went into a, a Wendy's maybe 30 years ago, and uh -huh. I got a free paperback written by Dave Thomas about the importance of family. and his. He does a lot of work with adoptions and stuff like that. He did. Had like a foundation. Uh, 
don't know. But is he like a, a, a right wing uh, villain? Was he? I don't I know the story if he wrong. was estranged from his daughter, like him and his daughter didn't talk or something. I don't know the story of when Dave Thomas of Wendy's. I just <laughs> think he's like super conservative and, and, and the left likes did not like him. I think. I think the left didn't like the baked potatoes. They were dry, you know. No, you know, actually the baked potatoes are the best thing in Wendy's. I like the chili. Yeah. Baconators, eight strips of bacon. Can you wow. Imagine? Holy, holy bacon. You know, let's go. Let's go. Oh, is the guy dead? Yeah, the guy's way dead. And we saw him trying to get, like, his heart shocked back to life. And it wasn't successful. And we got the dumb joke that um, Mike Bonnart, who's a doctor, a doctor's kid, that guy, uh, was getting shocked at the same time, you know, because the thing was touching him. So now our meanie, Dave, uh, Dave Foley, has sent him down, this intern person, to tell the family that uh, the, their dad is dead. He's still working on the dad. No, he dropped inside like some sort of clamp or something. He's trying to get it back, and the heart will start beating. He'll come back to life, which is inexplicable. Well, wait a minute. What about the clamp? Did he at least get it back? No, he doesn't get the clamp back. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, yeah, that's good about the life. So he doesn't get paid for this as an intern? He saved this guy's life. Well, I think you pay for college, and this is part of college, right? Okay. But at least, you know, the guy could Venmo him some money. Thanks for, for you know, putting the comments, saving my life. 50 Canadian dollars. <laughs> Now, um, he sends him downstairs to stop that nerdy kid from telling the family that the dad is dead. But meanwhile, um, the nerdy kid, who's Mike Bonnert in our film, he is downstairs telling the wrong family that their dad is dead. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. Well, that's pretty funny. That's National Lampoon-y. On no, let's, hear, let's hear the music. It's music like do 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 wah wah do 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 wah wah. What a good guess you had, right? The violins. I don't know why my credits of Matt Frewer are not here. I mean, I printed the document. We all know. We've talked about Matt, uh, Matt Frewer a lot on this, on this show. He yes, was, of course. And I he, think he is an underserved, like his career was not as good as it should have been. That guy is a funny, funny, funny fucker. And he just didn't get, you would think with Max Headroom, he would go on to do, no, he he ended up being a Star Trek connection in our bad movie podcast, and he's all over YouTube, right? He got the wrong roles at the wrong time. This guy was is really funny. He should have been a big star. I would argue that he handled that whole Max Headroom phenomenon during the 80s pretty well. The uh -huh. fact that he was, it was originally, what, a BBC show, 
Uh, then it was an ABC show, but it was also spokesperson for a global campaign by Coca-Cola. And he had, you know, then after, after the narrative television show ended, he had like an interview show. Uh-huh. And uh, sang a song with Art of Noise, Paranormia. And then, uh, so that's, that character, you know, like some people can just live off of that and done or just you know, have it hang, I and he, he had his own sitcom. Remember Doctor Doctor, that horrible show that lasted years. Um, he did have his own sitcom, Doctor Doctor. I found him now. I just I had buried him in my notes here. Max Headroom right. in '85 and '87 television series of the same name. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, he's not even on on the screen, and we're talking about him. Uh, Mike Stratford and Dr. Doctor from 89 to 91. That's not uh, bad. That's a good run. Wait, I don't understand. I said that he should have been a bigger star, and you're saying he was a bigger star? I mean, he he, he was a lead in a sitcom. He He's a character actor. I, mean, I remember him in Watchmen 2009, five uh, years from now. our star trek connection he was in an episode called a matter of time and i enjoy it enjoyed it we saw him yeah we already talked about it national lampoon senior trip as principal todd moss and he was in going the distance going the distance but you mentioned he was in one of the um speed zone i, I Campbell yeah, I run sequels yeah Oh, the families are revolting, right? They smell. Yes. They've been sitting there for a long time. Well, he went to two wrong families, and then Dr. Foley came into the correct family and said, your your dad's going to be fine. So they, they're up in arms. Thank God that bit's over. Is the music changing so violent? Ooh, no music. Doesn't it sound better without the music? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. That's another argument about the tone of this film. It's all over the place. So this is like a procedural now, like it's a medical show. Well, now we're learning that they have no professors today. They have to go and pretend like they're real doctors and help patients because they're short staffed. You see, 